This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education X. Thank you for joining us. Governor Kevin Stitt envisions Oklahoma to be a top 10 state in every job growth, in every, in every way, in terms of job growth, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of education, and much more. He's a former business leader. He built Gateway First Bank from scratch into one of the state's top 10 banks. I think that's where he got that top 10 idea. And uh, Governor Stitt promised in 2018, when he was running for governor, to bring those leadership skills to the state as a whole. And he was elected by the largest margin in Oklahoma history. Recently, the governor added to his accomplishments. Harvard's program on education policy and governance has ranked the state's on the quality of their charter student performance on the National Assessment of Educational Progress. Full disclosure, I participated in this ranking. I'm to blame in part for this, uh, if anybody's to be blamed. To the surprise of many, we found that Oklahoma students ranked sixth among the states. It was ahead of Florida, which gets a lot of attention, and it's essentially tied with New York and New Jersey. Furthermore, Oklahoma came in first place on two equity scales. The gap between Blacks and white charter students was the smallest in Oklahoma of all the states. And so was the gap between Hispanic students and white charter students. So Oklahoma has a lot to be proud of. And I'm very pleased to have Governor Stitt with me today on the Education Exchange. Governor, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for having me. And uh, it was fun coming up and speaking at uh, your forum there uh, uh, for Harvard. It was it was uh, it was a really good time. So thanks for having me and, and highlighting uh, education all across our country and specifically Oklahoma. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you for for coming up to Harvard. And so uh, let me first ask you, though, about uh, what do you think accounts for the high ranking among the states attained by Oklahoma's charter students? What's, what's, what's behind this? You know, I think we've got some really, really solid charter schools in Oklahoma that cater uh, in our in our minority and lower income areas that are that are contributing to that, uh, you know, without any kind of gap between white and, uh, and Hispanic students or African-American students. Uh, and one one example that I love to brag on is Santa Fe South. They have a fantastic um, headmaster there. Santa Fe South ha has 4,300 students enrolled with 400 on the waiting list, and they're 95% Hispanic. And we basically are pushing associate's degrees while they're still in high school. So 72% of the graduates are coming out with uh, – with associate's degrees from there. So it's just amazing what they've done, but it all comes back to leadership, the culture that you set. Uh, and that's why in Oklahoma, we believe in more options, more parent choice. Uh, that's why we passed a, a, a refundable tax credit last year. So just got a lot of momentum and I wanna be the education governor. I put more money in education than any other governor before me. And I'm gonna keep double downing on that because um, you know, we all want the same thing, whether you're Republican or you're Democrat uh, or where you live in the state. We all want the best education for our kids. So that's something we should all agree on, that we want more options, more opportunities for the next generation. Well, where are the charter schools located in Oklahoma? Are they in rural areas or are they mainly in the large cities? Uh, you know, really all over the state. But, uh, you know, proportionally, we've got more in Oklahoma City and Tulsa the big metro areas, that's where the bigger population centers are. But we also have charter schools in 
in Seminole, Oklahoma, uh, with my with my new uh, refundable tax credit that we just passed. Uh, we've talked to the Catholic charities, and they're going to be opening about eight schools in rural parts of the state uh, to uh, educate maybe K through eight. They already have the facilities, uh, and now that every student has the ability uh, to get this refundable tax credit, regardless of your income, uh, now they can actually go ahead and, and start some of these schools in rural Oklahoma. So. Um, also, an aviation school. This is what I mean by school choice. Uh, we just opened up an aviation school in Norman, Oklahoma, where if you want to become an aviation mechanic, you can start going to this special high school when you're a junior in high school. Uh, and and time you graduate, you're basically, uh, you may have to take one little small test, but uh, you're ready to go become an aviation mechanic. And and those people start at, at uh, 70000 a year at American Airlines or at Tinker Air Force Base. Uh, so just amazing careers we're trying to educate that next generation on. Well, so how many charter schools are there? Is it a fairly small sector yet, or is it uh, is it got quite a number of students? Oh, there, there's quite a number. Um, so Dove Science Academy, for example, has 3,000 students. Uh, Santa Fe South has 43,000. KIPP charter schools. The number of charter schools in Oklahoma um, we it's actually about 50,000 students are currently enrolled across our state. Uh, we've got 2,500 on the waiting list, and it's about 30, 30, uh, 30 charter schools in Oklahoma right now. And we serve students in all 77 counties, by the way. So are you thinking of, of expanding the charter sector? Is this going to be a growth sector in the coming decade? Absolutely. We, we were the first state that approved a religious charter school. And that's got some controversy. And obviously we're, we're getting sued by, uh, by the left because I don't know why. They, 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 but, but I don't think it's, it's weird for parents to want to um, you know, instill their values in their children. That's perfectly normal. And by the way, nobody makes you go to the charter school. Uh, you can go to your, another charter school or you can go to your zip code school. But if a parent chooses to go to send their kids to this Catholic charter school, we think that's okay. Or if there's a Jewish charter school that starts, we think that's okay. Uh, so again, um, again, nobody requires you to go to a charter school. And that, but we have 4,300 students in South Oklahoma City uh, that their parents are choosing to go to Santa Fe South because of the outcomes. That creates competition and choice. You could certainly go to Oklahoma City Public Schools but the parents are saying, hey, we're seeing something different here. We're seeing a better opportunity for associate's degree. We're, we're seeing something that's better for my son or daughter. And I don't know why the government would stand in the way of those parents' choice. And that's what we believe in Oklahoma. Well, you mentioned the religious charter school that has been announced uh, for the state of Oklahoma. And that's sort of a national first, except I did notice that in Hawaii, they have um, Hawaiian schools where they teach in Hawaiian and they start their school day with chants to the deity. So uh, has I think Hawaii has actually beaten Oklahoma to be the first state to have a school that actually teaches religion in a charter school. Is that possible? Well, I mean, I'm wondering why the, the far left wing is not suing Hawaii right now. Uh, maybe that's a different uh, religion than the Catholics. I have no idea why they would pick and choose, but you're exactly right. And I am perfectly fine with that. If those parents are choosing to send their kid to that charter school, um, that's perfectly fine. Um, again, 
this is this this is parents' choice. This is more options for kids, and parents are not dumb. They're going to choose the better outcome for their kids, and uh, and we think that's okay. We think that's good. We think that creates competition uh, in our state. Now, education savings accounts have come under a lot of criticism. On the one hand, they're giving uh, parents a lot of options out there, a lot of choices. But on the other hand, people say it's a risk that parents will be using this money for non-educational purposes, uh, for taking the family on a vacation on the grounds that it's educational or any kind of, uh, you know, tennis lessons or piano lessons or whatever. So what safeguards do you have and how what's your, what is your education savings account policy? Yeah, we we called ours a refundable tax credit. So it's not the uh, ESAs that some other states did. If what, the way we did it was uh, it's up to $7,500 for those that make under $75,000 a year. And then it drops down to $5,000 uh, for an unlimited earner. So there's a couple little tra other tranches in there. But what we decided to do, the tax commission uh, sends that money to the actual school. So the schools have to get on the approved list. And so the, the money is sent to the school uh, with the parent's name on it. And then the parents assign that over to the school. So we try to do our best to make sure that none of that stuff is uh, uh, being used outside of a kid's education. And so but again, there, 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 there could be some something that goes on. And if we did, if we find that out, then we're going to obviously correct that and put other safeguard, safeguards in place. Well, what what do you say to those who, who claim that this is hurting the district schools, that when you uh, allow people to have this kind of choice, the best students will leave the district schools, poor kids are left behind, uh, and the money goes, uh, you know, the, the public schools lose money? You, you know, what I would say to them is, uh, number one, we did our refundable tax credit outside of the, of the funding formula. So I put more money into our state funding formula than any other governor before me and put another 20% increase this year. And so it's simply not true. So they're going to have more money per pupil, even if a kid leaves and goes over here to this uh, charter school or private school. So it's a separate pot of money, number one. Number two, the other thing that I would throw back and challenge everybody to think about is, listen, the rich already have school choice. They can send their kids wherever they want to school. My point is school choice should not be just for the rich. It should be for every single family. And the thing that you want to challenge people on is, what am I supposed to do if I'm a single mom or a single dad that, that doesn't make enough money to, to pay for my kids' private education? And my school district shut down or my kids getting bullied or my kids getting into a bad situation with gangs or drugs. And I know they need a change of scenery. Every parent would want to pull their kids and put them in a better environment. That's what we're talking about now that's available in Oklahoma. Uh, and again, if your school district is, is getting the kid college ready or career ready, and that's the best choice for your kid, that's great. But now poor families, People without resources now have more options. We're not leaving them stuck in a situation that may not be as good as the school down the road. Well, Governor Stitt, you have a job growth uh, objective out there, too. That's one of the things you want Oklahoma to be number in the top 10. And so how important is education to your job growth strategy? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely critical. It goes without saying. Um, every company CEO I talk to, 
their first question they asked me is about workforce. Hey, governor, can we get the workforce we need? Here's what our best worker looks like. Here's the skills that they need. So now with this system, with our charter schools, with school choice, you actually can start training specifically the workforce that you need. Businesses can be aligned. It's back to my aviation example. Oklahoma is a huge aviation state. The largest maintenance repair facility in the entire world is Tinker Air Force Base. They keep all of the U.S. Air Force fleet flying. American Airlines is the largest maintenance and repair in the commercial airline space that's located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They need aviation mechanics. So we set up a special high school for aviation mechanics to fill that pipeline, that workforce pipeline. That's what we're talking about. And sometimes maybe your local zip code school is, is responsive to the needs of the workforce. But if they're not, companies now have other opportunities and companies are loving, loving my approach to more options, more school choice, uh, more options for their kids that, that when they move to Oklahoma, but also for their workforce uh, to meet the needs of their company. Well, I looked at the data on what your the regular district schools are doing in, in Oklahoma, and, and Oklahoma comes out sort of in the middle. It's not at the bottom, it's not at the top, but it's certainly not in the top 10. So how do you see your district schools, those that most kids are going to actually moving up the ladder and, and being up there in the same space as your charter schools? You know, I've, I've taken a lot of uh, notes from what Florida did, what Jeb Bush, Bush did in Florida 20 years ago. And by introducing competition and introducing charter schools and more school choice, it actually makes the zip code schools better because they realize they have to compete for them. Uh, we saw that in Seminole, Oklahoma, when we set up a charter school there. Uh, the high school then built their no, new campus right next to the career techs so they could share and they could help their students achieve better outcomes. So you're going to see us continue to climb the ladder now that, that competition's forced. Um, you can't just sit there and just assume that all the kids are going to go to your school just because you have a lock on the zip code. And, and I also want to throw this out there, Paul, that most people don't think about. People say, well, these are public dollars going to a private company or a private school. That doesn't make sense. Well, let me think about this for a second. In, in this, every state manages Medicaid, okay? So that is the, the aged, blind, disabled, uh, the working poor, pregnant women, children, that we have a free Medicaid, medical, medical, medical insurance for them. We don't require you to only use a zip code doctor or a zip code hospital. You're free to take that insurance that the state gives you and go to any doctor that's willing to accept that and take that. That's the same thing with charter schools. Charter schools have to follow every single requirement that a public school does for their students. They say, take the same test. They take the same, uh, uh, all, all the re reporting requirements are exactly the same. Uh, so I don't know why the fight by creating more options for kids uh, and, and some people on the left uh, think this is, uh, you know, you're, you're attacking their, their, uh, their public school. That's simply not true. And uh, we're just creating more options. And I think that's a good way to think about it. 
Well, another thing that Governor Bush did in Florida is he really said reading is very important and we're not teaching reading the right way. And we got to make sure that every child can read and we're going to hold them back in third grade if they haven't learned how to read. And he got a lot of criticism for all of that. But now there's the science of reading that's being promoted nationally, which is really adopting a lot of the same reading strategies that were talked about in Florida a decade or two ago. So are you adopting uh, the new science of reading approach for, for younger kids? You know, we, we absolutely are. And we're putting resources uh, to get kids reading back at grade level. Um, that standardization of you have to be reading at grade level before they promote you past third grade. Uh, all the studies show that if kids are not grading it, reading at grade level at third grade, um, the the percentage of high school dropouts and and the and the and the problems later on are just astronomical. So we really are focused on those first three years, learning how to read because then after that you're reading to learn. And so it's so, so critical that that happens uh, at the third grade and, and not promoting them. And you're right. That's something Jeb Bush pioneered and, and uh, talked about. And we've got those same uh, laws passed in the state of Oklahoma. And we have a superintendent now in education that's actually enforcing those. Our previous one uh, was was watering those rules down and just really passing kids on regardless of whether they could pass those reading tests in third grade. And our new superintendent is really enforcing those more. So, you know, we passed over rather quickly that Oklahoma is the number one state on the equity scale, both in terms of Hispanic white comparison, black white comparison. You've got a smaller gap there than any other state in the country in the charter sector. So is there is there a special strategy that's being undertaken in Oklahoma to address the needs of our minority students? You know, that's something that uh, we're really proud of, and I'm glad you're bringing that up because, uh, you know, in Oklahoma, we really don't think about race. Um, you know, I get so tired. I think Americans are tired of, of pitting race against this race and that. Um, you know, we're, we're a colorblind society in Oklahoma. It doesn't matter if you're Hispanic or Asian or, or white or American Indian or African American, um, you're going to have the ability uh, to go, go, go achieve whatever God has in your heart and however you're going to work hard to do it. But we also teach our young people that there's no such thing as equal outcomes. We want equal opportunities for everyone, but it's up to you to go achieve that. And we're going to give you these opportunities, but you have to do the hard work. You've got to study hard and you've got to, uh, you know, work hard and get out all, you know, and make sure that you can accomplish everything that uh, that you want out of life. So that's kind of how we approach it. And uh, and I also think that our charter schools, historically, we've got a lot of those in some of our, uh, you know, minority communities that also helps with those rankings as well. And it's just the people of Oklahoma are just saying, hey, if we've got a failing school, this is another perfect example, Paul, if you've got a failing school or a school with bad outcomes, and you're an educator, that's exactly where you want to go to actually improve outcomes. So we've got people doing that. And again, you've got the you've got people from the far left that are suing us. Uh, they apparently want people to be trapped in a failing school. And we're trying to unlock it and give them more options to get kids uh, out of these failing school districts. Well, Governor, thank you very much for discussing Oklahoma's uh, performance on, in the charter school sector. Uh, thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been speaking with 
Kevin Stitt, the governor of the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is among the highest ranking states in a recent survey of charter student performance on the National Assessment of Educational Progress. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new podcast on the Education X website every Monday at noon Eastern time.